gon' feel the heat. Yeah, they gon' feel the heat. They gon' feel the heat. Tell your whereabouts ain't they ready? Nah. Yeah, you gon' feel the heat. They ain't ready. Yeah. Let's get it. Biggest discussions, games of the week. All up for debate, you gon' feel the heat. Come listen in, come take a peek. Day and web gon' make you feel the heat. Who got the win? Who saw the feet? Take a seat, you gon' feel the heat. Let them speak, you gon' feel the heat. Mic check one two, you gon' feel the heat. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Field the Heat. I'm your host, Day. Webb will not be checking in with us today, as it is his birthday. So if you follow him on social media, um, if you have his phone number, make sure you shout him out and say happy birthday to him. Big 22 this week. Um, you already know, we got the Conference Championships. That's the title of our episode this week. That's where our focus is going to be on for the majority of the part. Got Big Ten Championship, Ohio State versus Wisconsin should be a good one. Got my money on Ohio State. We also got um, in the ACC, Virginia versus Clemson. I'm hoping Virginia can get that upset over Clemson. And the SEC, LSU versus Georgia. And then a round two, Baylor versus Oklahoma. Should be a good, exciting weekend for some football. We're about to tap in in just a minute. Stay tuned. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Feel the Heat. I'm your host, Day. You already know, here at Feel the Heat, we back up our takes with the facts, numbers. Everyone has an opinion, but like Webb always says, um, not everyone backs up with the facts, and the facts and the numbers don't always tell the story. Feel free to send us your questions, topics that you would like us to cover at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message, or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore kw. Or on the website at www.bymsports.com. Alright guys, this is my um, other news for you this week. So, this week, or the last few weeks, we have seen where NFL prospects have made their declarations to go into the draft. Congratulations to all of those guys. Some really great athletes out there. Some really good under-the-radar athletes out there, which you guys know that is my thing where I specialize in. I like finding the diamonds in the rough and I'm so excited. Um, got an interview set up with Patrick Carr running back out of the University of Houston this coming weekend and I'm so excited to sit down and talk to him and get to know him a little bit better and feature him on the show and also on the website. So be on the lookout for that. That is something we're working on. Also, like I said, man, Kyle Webb, man, we want to wish you a happy birthday, brother. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're getting everything that you wanted, man. Don't work too hard to get some rest. Enjoy the good food that I know your grandpa about to take you to because you know he likes to eat. But nonetheless, man, he likes to eat He likes to eat good too. But like I said, nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and get into this conference championship predictions. We got about five games we're going to highlight. Um, 
today. And we're going to start with the Pac-12 championship, Utah versus Oregon. Utah is ranked number five. Now, if Utah can somehow win against Oregon and a couple of the other teams in the top four lose, like if Georgia loses and Utah wins, Utah is going to get into a college football championship. But let me give you my key reasons why Utah will win. First of all, running back Zach Moss. He has 200 carries on the season, over 1,200 yards rushing. The defense has allowed less than 100 yards um, rushing per game. Out of the last 12 games, only 11 games, um, no one has scored or rushed over 100 yards. Excuse me. Um, They are winning. Utah is winning in a dominant fashion, scoring an average of 35 points a game um, to the opponent's 11 points a game. So their defense is really not letting uh, teams score more than two touchdowns a game, or more than one, actually. So if you think about it, they're only letting up 11 on average. That's one touchdown and maybe two field goals. So Utah is a problem out there. They are a threat. People should be aware that Utah could make some noise coming into the college football playoffs. All right, but here's why Oregon could win. Um, Oregon is a top five scoring offense in the nation. They also average 35 points a game. They have running back C.J. Verdell, who is an explosive running back that is only 37 yards away from another 1,000-yard season. They also have a top 25 defense. I don't know if that's good enough to slow down Zach Moss and company, but in order for Oregon to win, they're going to have to put a lot of pressure on Zach Moss, on the quarterback, on the O-line, and whoever wins the battle of that line is going to win this game. If Zach Moss gets over 100 yards rushing, Utah will win this game. And if somebody in the top five loses, Utah will move on to be in the college football playoffs, which I think is good for football because so many people have stated how tired they are seeing the same teams over and over in the championship rounds. So if Utah gets in, that'll bring in a new face, it'll bring in a uh, a lot of excitement. A lot of fans will follow Utah wherever they go, and it, it'll be it'll be exciting time come late December, um, around New Year's. So that's it for the for the Pac-12. In the Big 12, we have Baylor versus Oklahoma, round two. Now, we previously saw Baylor get out to a big lead over Oklahoma earlier in this 2019 season, but they blew it, and Oklahoma came back and they won the game. Now. Baylor has to take what they learned from that game. How do we get up early on Oklahoma? How do we continue to stay up on Oklahoma and not let up Jalen Hurts and company come back and win the game and spoil our season for us? All right, so Oklahoma, I feel like they desperately need this win. Um, I think Oklahoma will come out with a statement performance against Baylor. Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb, Chubba Herbert, who is the Big 12 Player of the Year, are the key reasons Oklahoma will win this game. Also take into consideration of this, people forget how good of a year Jalen Hurts is having. His passing rate, passer rating is 72%. He has over 3,000 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, and only 6 interceptions. 6 interceptions, okay? That's less than uh, .6 a game. Or, yeah, .6 a game, so... On average, he's not throwing an interception. Also, he has over a thousand yards rushing and 18 touchdowns. So he has accounted for 48 touchdowns on the season for Oklahoma. He's having a more efficient and a better overall season than the last two Heisman winners who came out of Oklahoma and went on to be the number one draft pick. 
So safe to say that Jalen Hurts might be the number one draft pick. And if that draft pick goes to Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they might have found the answer to their problem. And that's the quarterback problem between Andy Dalton and the quarterbacks over there. They have no consistent play. But we have to let the NFL season finish. We have to let the NCAA season finish before we can get into those type of predictions. All right, right, guys. In the AAC, we have Memphis versus Cincinnati. This is another round two matchup. These teams just played last week, so this is the second straight week that they are playing. Whoever wins this game will most likely play in the Cotton Bowl. Let me tell you from experience, the Cotton Bowl is something that if you have not experienced as a team, you want to experience it, especially being a team that is not a Power 5 conference. Um, I had the pleasure of going in the 2017 season um, with Western Michigan. My brother played for Western Michigan at that time in the Dallas Cowboys um, Stadium, AT&T Stadium, man. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful um, people in there, and it's a great experience. So whoever wins this game will go to the Cotton Bowl, and it will be the first time either team has been in the Cotton Bowl. Now, I believe that um, in 2000, maybe I think 15 or 2016, um, Memphis played Western Michigan in the Bahamas Bowl in the Bahamas, and I know I heard that was pretty awesome as well. But this is a lot bigger, a lot more money comes into the school for the Cotton Bowl. So what I know about Cincinnati is that their offense is struggling right now from consistency from the quarterback position. They need whoever is starting at QB to be consistently good to have a chance in this game. Michael Warren, the running back for Cincinnati, is the only consistent factor they've had all season long. It is likely that he's going to get off against Memphis like he did last week. He will do it again this week by getting 100 yards plus again. And it's a shame that, you know, you have this opportunity to go to the Cotton Bowl. You're not sure which quarterback you're going to start. You're not sure which quarterback is going to be consistent for you. But one thing you can rely on is your running back. Now, if you have a team that's one-dimensional, that kind of hurts you just depending on how good the other defense is, the opposing defense is. So they have to have this quarterback situation figured out by, I believe, actually, I believe they play tonight or tomorrow, but they have to have it figured out like today in order to have a good chance against Memphis and to get into that cotton ball. All right, for Memphis, they can count on Brady White, their quarterback, to continue to be impressive. He has 32 touchdowns on the season, eight interceptions. Um, also, Demonte Coxie, Antonio Gibson are two of the best receivers in the AAC. Um, they will have their time to shine again with Memphis, with Memphis against Cincinnati. I think with the consistency play from Brady White and his two dominant receivers, Demonte Coxie and Antonio Gibson, um, my pick is going to be Memphis on this game. All right, moving forward. Now we're getting into some more Power 5 conference games. LSU versus Georgia. Um, and I will say this. Being that DeAndre Swift is on the injury report, we're not sure if he's going to play or not. He did leave the game last week with a shoulder injury. We're not um, sure about the seriousness of this injury. But if he is out, 
along with Lawrence Cager, who has already been ruled out, and George Pickens, the receiver, who is sitting out the first half of the game um, because of the fight against Georgia Tech last week. I'm going to have to say LSU will win this game because if you have those three players, those key players that have been really good for the Georgia offense this year, and you just have Jake Frum and you have to ask everybody else to step up, you have to depend on players who may not have been there during the season, um, and you have to create a new type of chemistry. Can it be done? Absolutely. These guys practice together all the time. But when you're facing a team like LSU, it's going to be hard to build that chemistry and that trust in a half of football or in in in, in uh, 60 minutes. You know, so you you have to take LSU. My money's on LSU. I think Joe Joe Burrow is more efficient than Jake Fromm. This LSU team is as healthy as they come, and this is the healthiest they have been in many years. This is as good as they have been in many years, and I don't think that their train stops here uh, in Atlanta versus Georgia. Georgia will be the hometown team because they are in Atlanta. Georgia's in Athens. I think it's about an hour drive, maybe an hour and a half drive away. They will be uh, the team that gets the home field advantage. But at the same time, you have to think that Georgia was in this same situation a couple years ago versus Alabama. They were up big on Alabama at home with everyone behind them. I remember turning the TV off because I said I couldn't believe that Alabama was getting dominated like this. But in my mind, I remember tweeting, watch, Alabama's going to come back and win this game. And sure enough, they did just that, and I called it. So I think that Georgia could have a chance to get up on LSU, and LSU will come back. But I don't really think that's how the story is going to go this this week for Georgia. I think that they're going to be dominated. Um, LSU just has too many mul- multiple weapons on offense and a solid defense. They've been playing well all season. They have a point to prove that their time in the SEC is right now, and they know if they don't get it done right now that this might be the last time that they be ranked in the top four um, in the the college football playoff rankings for a period of time to come because Alabama is going to bounce back. Alabama is going to get more four- and five-star recruits. Nick Saban is going to do his job in rebuilding his program for what he may call a a subpar year because he didn't reach his goal of winning the championship. So I am definitely going to take LSU and Joe Burrow in that matchup. All right, ACC, we have Virginia versus Clemson. Now, personally, I really like the underdogs, to be honest with, with you listeners. I really like the underdog story. And I want Virginia to win because it will shake up the college football playoffs even more. But the problem with Virginia, with the Virginia Cavaliers, is that they're too one-dimensional. As I mentioned with Cincinnati versus Memphis, a team that is one-dimensional is a team that is looking to get beat pretty much. They do not have, as far as Virginia goes, they do not have a good rushing production from their running backs. Their rushing production has depended on their quarterback, Bryce Perkins. And they're relying on him to rush the ball, to throw the ball, and they're relying on him too much. And that will not find you success against Clemson, which their defense 
their guys are just straight up phenomenal athletes. They're athletic. They're fast. Um, they create a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks and opposing offensive lines. There's multiple weapons that they can use. Um, I think if Virginia has to figure out something to make this game interesting or it's going to be a blowout, I, I just don't believe Virginia has anyone that can stop Travis Etienne either, who's the offensive running back for Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. So Clemson has the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, Isaiah Simmons, and a really good um, DN who's going to be All-American next year as well, Xavier Thomas. It could be a long night for Virginia, especially if they stay focused on being one-dimensional. I don't know what the answer is for them. I don't know how they get their receivers involved. I don't know how they get the passing game going. But they have to figure it out. They have to do it. And if they want to continue to, you know, um, make a statement this season, they've had a good season. But uh, they're, they're not going to the college football playoffs. But if they want to make a statement – and make some noise going into next season to say, hey, we beat Clemson and we kept them out of the playoffs. If they want to do that, they have to find answers other than Bryce Perkins. All right. The last and final conference that we're going to go over is the Big Ten, Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Jonathan Taylor. I really do. He's a great running back. He's probably going to be a first-round draft pick. But Ohio State has multiple weapons they can use. J.K. Dobbins, you've seen what he did to Michigan. And Michigan was on a roll for the last five, six games. You've seen what he's done to teams all year long. Straight dominant. No slowing down. He has not had a subpar game all season long. All right? You got Justin Fields, the sophomore transfer from Georgia. Everybody wonder why he transferred from Georgia because he knew that if he went to a program where he got the opportunity to start, he was going to shine. And that's exactly what he's done. He has a big, big cannon for an arm. He has, a, he can run. He can, he can juke. He's athletic. He's agile. He can get upfield. He creates plays with his legs. He creates plays, uh, big time plays. Makes great passes. And then you add that beast on defense, Chase Young. And so, how can you go against Ohio State? I mean, I think that people think that Wisconsin can slow them down, and I just think. Wisconsin does not have enough. It's too much power on that field for Ohio State. We've seen it all season long, so this is not a time where you want to say, I think Wisconsin pulls the upset. I don't think it's going to happen. If I'm wrong, you guys can let me know, but I don't believe that it's going to happen. Okay? So that covers it, man. We, we covered all the matchups that we think that were very important, especially going into the college football playoffs. There's a lot on stake. A lot at stake here um, for Utah if they win. There's also Oklahoma's looking that some stuff happens between, you know, the the one and the 10 seed. So they can try to sneak their way into a college football playoff berth. LSU, Georgia, if LSU wins, um, they're in and Georgia is out. And if Georgia wins, they're in and LSU is out. So it's a lot riding there. There's a lot of teams is looking to fight and put people out of the playoff college football playoffs um virginia and clemson just a recap real quick virginia's just looking for that upset they are bowl eligible and they're just looking for that upset against clemson to be like hey we put them out they're not going back to the championship and just think about it we get two or three i mean if we get one new team in there we got good news to talk about 
and we do. We have LSU. But if we get two more new teams in there, Utah and and maybe uh, um, Oklahoma sneaks in there, if we get three new teams in the college football playoff ranking, then, hey, we got some good football coming up in December. So that covers it for the NCAA this week. It's going to be a short episode, guys. I'm going to go into the NFL games of the week, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, so the games of the week this week, Bills versus the Ravens. Now, I am totally, um, like I was saying, guys, sorry about that. I broke up a little bit. I'm very excited um, about the Bills versus the Ravens matchup. And as much as I am excited about the Bills, I don't think that they have enough defense to slow down Lamar Jackson. Nobody in the league right now has enough to slow down Lamar. Only Lamar can slow himself down. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think they'll probably win by 10. And that's because Josh Allen's been playing good, but if he makes too many mistakes against this Ravens defense, it's game over for the Bills. Um, And the Ravens are hot, and you got to roll with them. Now, in the NFC, we got the 49ers versus the Saints. And to be honest with you guys, I'm not really bought in on the Saints. I know, yeah, they're 10-2. They only lost two games. Yeah, wow. But there's just something missing. I don't feel the same fire from them as I did last season. They're not as exciting. Yeah, they got Michael Thomas and Kamara and Drew Brees, and they got a nice little defense, Cameron Jordan, and and the the guy uh, Kiko Alonso they picked up from the Dolphins. Um, Lattimore and, 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 and Eli Apple, but I'm just not sold on this Saints team. I really like the 49ers, even though, you know, got you guys know that Webb, he is not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I am. I think he finds a way to win. He didn't win last week against the Ravens, but he played a really good game. He found his targets. He didn't let up too many sacks. He did get fumbled. We did say that was one of he did let a fumble happen, and we did say that was one of his downfalls that he always lets fumbles happen. But uh, nonetheless, I'm going to roll with the 49ers this game. And then in the AFC, we got the Chiefs versus the Patriots. And the, the Chiefs' defense isn't that good, but they're going to score some points. They're going to go a big. But the Patriots' defense is one of the top defenses in the league. I would say 1-2. Behind the Bills, I mean, I think the Bills have a better defense, and then you go rape or Patriots for the next defense is really good, and I don't think that they're gonna, the Chiefs are gonna score as much as they have previously against the Patriots, but um, my pick is the Patriots. I think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and company they find a way to get this done. Seahawks versus the Rams, round two. I'm going to roll the Seahawks. The Rams are not impressive. I know they need this win to stay in the that wild card hunt. But the Seahawks have been really good. You add in um, Russell um, Wilson, who's having his best career in what, what year is this? Year nine. And he's having his best career uh, um, season. I have to roll with the Seahawks. All right. So those are our picks for the games of the week. As the season narrows down, our our games of the week will narrow down as well as to the most important because, you know, we're not really going to make a game of the week of two losing teams. We want to see these teams that are in playoff um, competition. And while we're speaking on that, man, how ugly was the um, Cowboys-Chicago game last night? I did not expect Chicago to win in the way they did. The Cowboys are just terrible, man. I listened to Stack 5, if you guys don't know him. Um... That's Steven Jackson. 
who was a former player in the NBA, and I listened to him last night, and he's from Dallas, and he's like, you know what, these guys suck. Jason Garrett has to go. He's like, uh, Jerry Jones has to go. Dak has to go. It's like, they gave up on Des Bryant too early, and I don't know what's wrong with the Cowboys. They are like, you ever seen somebody that you thought was just so fine, but then you get to know them and know they ugly inside? Yeah, that's what the Cowboys are like. They just... They look good on the outside, but in the inside, them boys is terrible. So they're this straight trash out. Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he made that defense look like they're nothing and put up 31 points on him. So shout out to the Chicago Bears keeping their playoff hopes alive, trying to get in that wild car hunt. But that game was totally ugly. Look, breaking news before I go, guys. The Knicks have just uh, fired their head coach, uh, Dave Fitzdale. And I am upset about that. I mean, he has a 4-18 start, but you brought this guy in to build a system. And you can't build a system around the players you got. It is not his fault that that team is 4-18. First of all, nobody wants to play for the Knicks. The Knicks are terrible. It's a terrible organization from the ownership all the way down. You're lucky you get a coach that wants to come there and play. Yes, it's the mecca of basketball, but this is not the 80s, and this is definitely not the 90s, and nobody wants to play in New York right now. If they're playing in New York, they're playing in Brooklyn. They don't want to play uh, at Madison Square Garden. You got to get that owner out of there. You got to get that GM out of there, and you know what you got to do? You got to find a way to persuade somebody, a big-time free agent, to come play there, because if you get one, you'll get another. And in the last, what, let's see, um... I don't know, when was Melo traded? Since Melo was traded from New York, since J.R. Smith and, and Iman Shumpert, when they left New York, Amari Stoudemire, you haven't had any players that can draw in that attention that you need, that fandom, nor anybody who can take you to the playoffs. Like, I know Melo might have missed the promised land for the Knicks, but he got them to the playoffs. He carried them. He just didn't have the talent that other teams had. So I think this firing was unfair. There are other uh, coaches out there that are having a worse season. You, you look at Joe um, Beeline, the, the former coach for University of Michigan, who is now coaching the Cavs in his first year. And he's not having an impressive year either, but the Cavs hasn't fired him yet. And I wonder why. <sighs> I just feel if you take a chance on a coach, you definitely... You definitely have to give him time. 22 games is not enough time to evaluate how well a coach is doing. It's really not. Give him a good team. Give him some key players, and you will see that he is a good coach. It's just that the Knicks are trash. That's all. So that's all, man. I'm going to close up shop, guys. I enjoyed talking with you guys today. So um, you already know. Get with us. Another episode airing on Tuesday. We're going to do some recaps, players of the week. We're also going to talk about the conference championship games. Hopefully we get some good games and not a lot of blowouts. Um, Hope you enjoyed the episode. In the meantime, send in your questions or topics, anything that you want to talk about, at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW. And we'll get back to you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend.